Okay. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we desire to remain with you and in you. We desire to be encouraged and enlivened by your Holy Spirit living and burning within us. And to be drawn into your conversation, your dialogue with our Heavenly Father. We offer you this time so that you can form us, form our hearts into your heart, form our minds into your mind, and our wills into yours, so that we may live and move and have our being in you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I just have a few kind of closing comments um, and some resources and suggestions, and um, also open up to some questions if you have any. Um, and I want to just offer this final quote from Deacon Keating. Um, as we begin, there's a crisis of learning in today's church, except in those parishes whose leaders work to engender a culture of longing, a culture of longing satisfied through peaceful surrender to doctrine and the sacraments. In these parishes, members flock to be taught, to be converted, and to be satisfied by the truth becomes become love. To create this culture, leaders have to be saturated in prayer and spiritual reading, and more vitally, they must recognize the suffering that is their commitment to their vocations. An irrepressible joy springs from such fertile ground, and this joy carries the grace-filled invitation to come and follow Christ. And in my conversations with many of you this weekend, um, have great hope, because this is happening. This is happening here. Um, there's a lot of beautiful... Um, beautiful things happening and relationships being built and encounters. Um, so I'm just really um, delighted and encouraged to to be hearing all um, all the good that is happening that comes from this growing encounter and this longing um, that is here. So beautiful. Um, so just be encouraged by that and and then ask for more. Um, ask for more and and really receive more. Uh, be drawn into that. Um, there was a question about um, connecting and, and paying attention, noticing um, this from the story of Emmaus. In addition to knowing Christ through the burning of our hearts, um, the, the disciples on the road that they met Jesus and they knew him because their hearts were burning within them. And certainly that is an expression of the experience of the encounter. And there's countless ways that we can describe our encounter, okay? Um, all of the fruits of the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit, the theological virtues as we encounter them, even sorrow for sin is, um, is a way that we experience Christ dwelling within us, okay? And in particular, at the conclusion of that passage, the breaking of the bread leads us into this idea um, and the truth, the gift of sacrament, Okay? And the sacraments give us a huge foundation, a critical foundation for um, sustaining us and keeping us connected to the one who gives us life. Okay. Just an invitation and encouragement for sure in the Eucharist. And I was really grateful how central the sacrifice of the Mass was for us this weekend, that we started with it, that it was at the heart of our day today. Um, that gives us the... It's, it's real place that really feeds us. Um, and it's this place. And also the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, an encouragement. And what a beautiful gift that you um, that we had. Six priests here for us last night. Um, offering the sacrament of reconciliation. And staying late. And I saw them disappearing into corners with other people. Over, throughout the weekend. Um, in generosity for, for this sacrament. Um, so um, a beautiful foundation for for our ministry and for our life of mission. 
um, a re-encouragement um, that we've talked about all weekend of the place of prayer in our daily life and scripture, okay? That invitation to prayer. And um, I know that this invitation is happening. Um, several of you have talked about people who have invited you to that relationship through that daily prayer um, and how you've responded and what a difference that's made in your life. And so keep asking and inviting each other. Keep encouraging. Um, if you need someone to call you and say, did you pray today? Find somebody. Um, find somebody that, um, that will be your, um, your encouragement and your, hold you accountable. Okay. Personal formation and study. Um, Deacon Keating talks about this a lot to continue to come into contact. Um, Father's invitation today from his own spiritual director to go to the saints, um, to go back to the saints, um, is such a rich tool and gift. Um, and I'm going to invite you to um, listen to the story. I'm just going to share briefly the story of St. Ignatius. Um, because going back to and pondering and sitting with and resting with the saints is such an important gift. Um, and Ignatius adopted me many, many years ago before I really knew him. He was taking care of me. Um, but I think he has something important for us here today. So I'm just going to briefly share his story um, as an invitation also to keep going back to all of the saints, but also what he has to tell us. Um, St. Ignatius, as many of you know, was... Um, a pretty well-off. Um, he's born in Spain in the 1500s in a, a well-to-do family um, of low nobility, and he was kind of a party boy, and he didn't have uh, a lot of responsibility as a young man. He could kind of do a little bit about whatever he wanted, and he took advantage of that and um, had many um, encounters where he got in a little bit of trouble. Um, he talks about at one time in his life that he couldn't go back to this little town in Spain because the man wanted to, there was a man there that wanted to kill him. And he actually asked for permission to carry um, a sword in public because he, was, he had some seemingly legitimate fear for his life. Um, and so he wasn't known as a virtuous young man. But... Um, he entered the military and um, was very successful and climbed the ranks quickly. And he was a great, um, he was great at military strategy. He could kind of figure out what the enemy was going to do and come up with a, a defense or an offense that would overcome um, the enemy's strategy. And so he was quite successful <coughs> and did very well. And one day in battle, he was shot in the leg with cannons all. Um, and it shattered to his bone below his knee. I just want you to think about that for a second. He was shot in the leg of a cannonball. So this morning we heard about St. Agnes, her um, experience of torture, and, and St. Ignatius, not yet a saint, um, shot in the leg of a cannonball in the 1500s. And as he was, he was transported um, and certainly jostled around quite a bit, so um, there's additional damage done. And as the doctor um, set his leg and um, did, did the work and surgery that was necessary, as he was recovering, there was a great, a big knob below his knee and um, a bone that was kind of protruding and how it had grown back. And Ignatius was also a very vain man and would not allow this to be the case. And so he persisted, um, with it, was relentless, to the doctor saying, you need to fix this, which required re-breaking his leg and shaving off extra bone and resetting it um, so that it could heal more properly. And the doctor basically said, that, that's totally insane. It's completely crazy. Um, but not in the same way that Jesus is crazy. <laughs> not, not converted craziness. Um, not with the mind of Jesus. Okay? And, but Ignatius was persistent and relentless. And finally, the doctor agreed. And this was to be a great gift for the church. In the messy humanity that it was. Um, what would come
come about from this experience was, was a great gift to the church. So as Ignatius was recovering from this second um, surgery, um, he was kind of bored, sitting there every day, day after day. And so he asked for some books to read. And some sisters were taking care of him, and he asked for, it was popular at the time, were kind of adventure romance novels. Mm -hmm. So the night rescuing the damsel in distress and slaying the dragon and saving the country. And Ignatius wanted wanted these sorts of books. And the sister said, well, we don't, we don't really have any of those around here. And they gave him The Life of Jesus Christ and The Story of the Lives of the Saints. And he thought that those would be a lot more boring than just watching the wall all day. So he sat on next to his bed and continued um, on. And spent a lot of time daydreaming. He spent a lot of time daydreaming about how he would become rich and famous and um, wealthy and um, all sorts of people know him and climb the ranks of nobility. And he wanted to marry this princess. We never find out exactly who it was um, in another country that he probably wouldn't have ever had the opportunity to even speak to. But he was convinced that he could convince her to marry him. And so he spent all sorts of time daydreaming about how he was going to do this. And one day he decided, well, maybe he could just pick up one of these books and take a little look at it. And he was immediately captivated. And he started reading about the life of Christ, about him curing the blind man, and walking on water, and multiplying the loaves, and raising Lazarus from the dead. And Ignatius started to think, well, huh, if this is true, if Jesus is real, that changes everything. And he started to imagine himself following in the footsteps of Christ and being one of his disciples started to imagine what it would have been like to be in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. <clears throat> what it would have been like to be on the mountain where he was teaching the Beatitudes. And he spent time in his day imagining what it would have been like to follow Jesus, to be his disciple. And then he spent time daydreaming about how he was going to get this woman to marry him and become rich and famous, known throughout the whole of Europe. And he picked up the lives of the saints and read about great martyrs and preachers who had converted great numbers of people. And he started to imagine himself a saint, preaching to great crowds who drop everything just to go listen to him converting the multitudes, even healing people, or heroically dying for Jesus. And he would go back and forth from imagining this life of a disciple, of a saint, and imagining himself winning for himself these worldly possessions and pleasures. And he would spend hours, he writes this later, daydreaming and imagining. And then one day, he says, his eyes were open a little bit. His eyes were open a little bit. And that's when the whole world changed. He said he noticed that there was something different when he thought about following Christ, being his disciple, saying yes to his mission, believing that he had a plan for his life. There was something that lasted. There was a peace and a joy that even when he wasn't actively thinking about it, would remain. That it had this depth that dreaming about his worldly pursuits just never brought him. But that left a dullness and a disappointment after he spent time thinking about these worldly pursuits. 
and he noticed a difference. And he realized that that was the Holy Spirit in him. That the Holy Spirit was drawing him to follow Christ. That God was calling him to be a disciple. That he had a plan. And he left when he recovered and went to Memrisa in Spain for five months and lived in a cave and read the scriptures and prayed. And asked Jesus what he wanted him to do. All because his eyes were opened a little bit. And as we know, he became the founder of the Jesuits, and they're all over the world. They've impacted, they've begun many churches, impacted the whole church. And more than 500 years later, we're, 500 years later, we're listening to the story of St. Ignatius. He's given us the rules for discernment of spirits, how to pray with scripture, meditation, contemplation, and the Ignatian way, the examine prayer, the invitation to silent retreats, for the laity, the revolution. The world is forever changed because his eyes were opened a little bit. Now imagine what an impact it will be when today, and then tomorrow, and the next day, we place ourselves before the Lord and ask for our eyes to be opened just a little. That we can see a little bit more. That our minds are more converted to the mind of Christ. That we become a little crazier with Jesus. And that those that we encounter, we invite. That their eyes may be open just a little bit. That their hearts may be open just a little bit. The Holy Spirit just needs a really little crack. He can get in the smallest, smallest space. So the invitation each day is to live in the confidence that God desires to open my heart just a little more. But that every single yes transforms the world in a way that we cannot even imagine. So the invitation to live our daily lives with these structures in place that can give that possibility. Daily prayer, the sacraments, reading the lives of the saints, good formation, opportunity for retreat. Even God gave you this beautiful place to come on retreat. and spiritual direction. To ask for these things, and ask the Lord for these things. If you don't have a spiritual direction, you want a spiritual director, ask Jesus. He will give us what we need. And what we've been talking about all weekend long is this noticing. Okay? If you noticed... We keep going back to this pausing. Okay. Why do we keep stopping and pausing? One of the things that we do at camp is that we go on a nature walk. And we notice things. We notice the flowers and the trees and 
the birds and what's going on outside. And, and kids are really good at this. They notice all sorts of things we don't notice. You can learn from them. And several years ago, when I was rereading Father Gallagher's book on the exam and prayer, he has this part about noticing. And he talks about how noticing things in the exterior, like the temperature in the room and the flowers that we see, these practical things, help us actually build our capacity for interior noticing. But if I help myself, if I form the habit of stopping and pausing and noticing what's around me, who's around me, that I'm cultivating a habit that will benefit me spiritually because I will be able to notice the movements of my heart more easily. And this noticing helps us to pay attention to what's going on in my heart so that I can bring it into relationship with the Lord. And it's both a habit and a grace. We choose to do it. We practice it daily. I'm just going to stop and notice. We pay attention and review our day. We take a few moments. What was going on today? I didn't pay attention to anything all day long, but the day is not over. I can pay attention now. We put practices into our life, like pausing and taking a breath before we say our prayer before lunch. Turning off the radio in the car for a few minutes just to notice what's going on in our hearts. Asking your spouse when they come home, how was your day? And then looking them in the eye and listening to what they say. Taking time to pause. Ask Jesus where these spots are in your day. That would be easy and simple. And then asking for the grace every single day. Forming that habit to ask for the grace. Helping to notice, Lord. But it's also a grace. Jesus promises that he's giving this to us. And here are some scripture passages. Ask and you shall receive. And this is so great because Jesus is really faithful. Ask and you shall receive, even if you forget about it and never ask me again. That's in some translation somewhere. (laughs) He is faithful and he doesn't forget. So even if we only remember to ask once, he will be faithful. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. At every moment, he's lavishing us. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's all the Father wants to do all day, every day. Just give it to you. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. We don't have a stingy God. We have an obnoxiously generous God. Scandalously generous. No limit. No measuring. He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will help us notice, and he will draw us into that conversation that Jesus has with the Father. Finally, a particularly fruitful um, gift and tool, um, and Father Mark mentioned this too. I did not talk to him before this weekend. He just really listened to the Holy Spirit over and over, um, talking about gratitude. Gratitude is, 
as such a key thing. Actually, St. Ignatius talks about ingratitude as the greatest evil possible. Gratitude is our heart's natural response to grace. So anything we, anytime we receive something from God, we experience gratitude. We might experience other graces, joy, freedom, peace, trust, whatever it is. But gratitude is part of that. It's part of every other gift we receive in our heart's natural response. And as we are grateful, then it makes our heart capable of receiving even more. So Jesus gives me a gift. I say thank you, and it makes my heart bigger so he can give me more. It's a really good deal. It's a great habit to build and a great grace to receive. In our community, um, we started this practice many years ago when I was in the House of Formation. Um, after I was converted to sharing of graces. Um, this habit of sharing our graces, saying what we were grateful for, one thing, that we were grateful for that day, before we went to go pray night prayer. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful gift that strengthens our community because we're sharing what is most um in some sense, like the place of greatest communion in our heart. We give that to each other and we receive each other. It's super fruitful also because the sister who's driving you totally crazy that day, you get to see that actually God's doing something in her life and all is not lost. <laughs> and families, uh, I know some families who do this at the dinner table with their kids around, uh, kids help us do this really well. Um, so some families do this during the day. What did you receive from God today? What gift did you receive? Um, couples can do it together. Share that gift of God's love. It builds great intimacy and communion. Um, a groups of friends can, can share. Or you can just spend a little time each day pausing and noticing places of gratitude. It's a great um, habit that stretches our hearts and helps us to receive more and more of what God wants to give us. Helps us to be drawn into the graces um, that are already present and active in our hearts. Before I open it up for questions um, and a little closing, I handed out there's a there was a sheet at the um, at the door um, that is titled "Clear, Simple, and Easy." Might sound a little familiar. The lawnmower story. Jesus make it clear, simple, and easy. And this is a tool that we developed. Um, we've used it with Focus and a variety of other groups that do apostolate with us. Um, and it's based. It's really based on Ignatius's exam and prayer, um, but with the idea of mission and ministry in mind, and letting Jesus do the work and cooperating with Jesus. So it's a way to review. Um, to be able to see what God is doing, so we can say yes to that, and to maybe let go of the things that we're pushing along. Okay? Um, so you can do it with teams that you work with, um, with your, your um, staff, or other groups of, of volunteers, groups of volunteers, or personally. Um, but it just goes through noticing how, what are the prominent ways that you've been with Jesus, that, he's, that you've encountered him. Um, and then noticing where you were generous in that encounter, where you said yes to it, where you received his presence. And unfortunately, every day there's those times that we aren't so attentive and we don't respond and we resist or reject. Um, and so we want to know when we pull away, too, because that shows us um, where God wants to work, but we're not really letting him. And then we go into this noticing where Jesus is doing the work. What part of my experience was clear, simple, and easy? Where did doors just fly open? Where was it apparent that Jesus already paved the way? That he already prepared the hearts of those that I was meeting? That that my road was straight and clear? And what in my life, sometimes it's people, sometimes it's daily prayer, sometimes it's a 
back in it, sometimes it's other people. What helps me to stay there? And what are those things that make me run off chasing some other thing? What are those shiny, sparkly things that we go around? <laughs> Where in my missionary experience did I experience difficulty, stress, being overwhelmed, tiredness, lack of desire, initiative, lack of expectation, frustration, or annoyance? You've probably heard other people that they have this experience sometimes. <laughs> but it's good to be aware that it's out there. And we want to notice, where, where do we experience that? What fueled that? What was contributing to that? This is a really important question then. Did I bring that to God? Did I tell him that I'm tired, frustrated, and annoyed, overwhelmed? Did I pray with that experience? What do I want to have happen? It's really messy and frustrating right now, but what do I want it to look like? Let yourself dream. And I have I asked for that explicitly and persistently? Jesus can actually read our mind. He knows what's going on there. He knows what we need. But he wants to be in relationship with us. And so he wants us to bring it to him. Jesus, this is what I want. I want you to take away the pile of wood. No, I mean, I want you to take away all of it. <laughs> and be persistent and be explicit. And then finally, where is Jesus inviting me to live? What's his plan? What do I want him to accomplish, him and through me? And to notice that we're really invited to let him lead, let him initiate, let him provide for us. And to notice those places that we're not letting him do that, that we are working way too hard. There is enough work in the world that if Jesus makes it easy and we do it quickly and simply, there will still be work for us tomorrow. Don't be worried about that. But there's a radical difference from receiving his initiative, responding through that relationship and communion. It's like running through the middle of the night seven miles back to Jerusalem. Or dragging some really heavy bag. to some unknown destination that I don't know how far away it is. And that's what the Lord's inviting us to. That's what he wants to do for us and accomplish in us. Okay. I'm just going to open it up to any questions anyone has that have come up in your heart that you didn't <clears throat> ask yet if you have anything burning. Okay, as we conclude today, um, I'd like us to, to kind of practice this invitation to gratitude, this noticing, um, sharing of graces. And so we'll just take a moment, invite you to pause, to close your eyes, to notice God with you. We call upon the Holy Spirit to bring to our mind and heart the gifts that we have received. We want to pay attention to particularly the gifts that we have received last night and today. where we have a sense of gratitude.
perhaps a personal grace, perhaps an insight, a light about what Jesus is already doing or desires to accomplish in and through us. A relief of a burden. A new invitation to a deepening of what we've already received. And I invite you to write this grace down. Take a moment and write it down. Now I'd like to invite you to be an evangelizer, to say yes to the gift that you've received by virtue of your baptism, and share the grace, the gift received. Okay? And invite you to, um, in very, very simply, one sentence, two sentences, um, just to say one thing that the Lord has given you this weekend, okay? And if we do that, we'll have time to get through everything, okay? Um, and we'll make it easy so that you don't have to, like, figure out when you're going to go and how you're going to Because those of us who are introverts, that can be challenging. So we're just going to just go blind. Know exactly when you're coming on. One grace, okay? You can say a word, you can say a sentence or two, um, but just very simple, what God has given you today, okay? And since I know she is attentive to this and doing this already, we're going to start with Susan. And to start off, just invite you to stand up when it's your turn and just say nice and loud to the group. One grace that you received. Request and prayer answered. How easy that is! <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, that's great. Can I say the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's true. <laughs> if it's true. <laughs> um, R. I received R today. Um, I received really a confirmation of. The friends that I have in my life, and some old friends and some new friends this weekend. Quiet prayer of Jesus. To keep my eyes on Jesus and not myself. To trust in fellow believers. I receive thankfulness. Awesome fellowship. Uh, the grace to know that uh, all the kids that I have are gifts from God, even the ones that are troubling. <laughs> um, I received knowledge that uh, the thoughts, feelings, 
and desires that the movement and the change is a movement of the spirit. I received the conviction to stop putting Jesus in a box. <laughs> I received the grace to discern my, my need for a more personal relationship with Jesus. I received the grace and peace. So did I. <laughs> peace and reassurance. Stronger, better relationships. But I need to ask. The reminder to ask specifically. <laughs> Good thing you stayed to the end. <laughs> the grace of peace and hope. joy of a restrained hope. A reminder to let God do the work. To listen and discern God's inner promptings. To be reminded of God's love. Peace. Desire, the strength in my desire to know God more in my life and to open up to Him. The grace of time just to um, spend time in His company today. Um, the time to prayer, to pray, and to really hear Jesus, and with that came joy. I received a scripture verse just so haphazardly that it was a beautiful thing last night. It was um, Song of Songs, uh, chapter 4, verse 7. Um, you are altogether beautiful, my darling, and there is no blemish in you. It's just a beautiful little moment. The grace I received the was a grace of peace in each person's presence I'm with. Fellowship and encouragement. Reconciliation and understanding. Fuel for my friends. Understanding that God is enough. Deeper gratitude for all of my co-workers. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> the understanding that I can ask God to do the hard work so that I can enjoy the fruits more. Enjoying the much-needed quiet time with God. Ask big. <laughs> It's not two separate parts of life. Um, to be more bold during my prayer, um, and not to feel like I'm deserved or entitled to what God gives me, but to receive what He actually already wants to give me. Uh, I will take you on as a spiritual director if you pray a half hour every day. <laughs> pray, pray, pray. The grace of affirmation and direction. Uh, a greater awareness of how the Lord is always taking care of me. Um, a sense of God's faithfulness and provision and what Jackie said. Uh, the grace to see the beauty in uh, simple things. Uh, 
um, hearing and knowing what my thoughts, feelings, and desires are instead of my children. Um, and then asking Jesus for everything. Uh, the grace to always trust in Jesus' good provision and his tender loving care. The grace of experiencing Christ with skin on amongst so many of you, and especially these two ladies on my sides. That the Holy Spirit only needs a crack. was this great sense of gratitude and encouragement um, just in testimony of what God is doing. Um, and I am just so grateful by the good and beautiful things that um, I experienced through my conversations, particularly with all of you. Um, I think it's sometimes challenging as we're doing work wherever we are in our parish and um, our diocese that... Um, we're like just working really hard and trying to do good, and we have no idea what's going on anywhere else ever. Um, and so it's just a beautiful gift to um, to see the fruits and all the good that God is doing. And it was just a really encouragement in the conversations I had. Um, and so I'm really grateful um, to have been invited into um, to share in the local church here. Um, it's just very inspiring. But before we depart, as we notice the grace that God's given us, um, that grace invites a response. Okay, What is that response? And so I'm going to give you about five minutes just of silence um, to, to notice and to ask the Holy Spirit to show you how do you want me to say yes? How do you want me to live here? Okay. To stay here? Um, what are you calling me to say yes to? Sometimes yes looks like no. Okay? That's, that's sometimes important to remember. Um, sometimes to say yes, we actually have to say no. So, just as a possible food for thought, um, we want to say yes to not every single possible good, but the great good that God is calling of us in the present moment. Okay? Because that's what will bear abundant fruit. We could spend the rest of our lives running around doing really good things, um, but if it's not the good thing that Jesus is doing in us, then that's not the greatest good. So, as a result of the grace, how is the Lord inviting you to respond? And write it down, because um, it's easy to forget. I have this really good thing. Um, so take a few minutes and, and just listen. Invite the Lord to to share with you your invitation to respond. To conclude us in prayer, we can invite Father Mark um, up to offer a final prayer and blessing. Um, but as we conclude, I just want to really encourage you to go back to what you wrote down, um, to, to continue to receive the grace. There's always more there. And um, to return to that invitation that the Lord has for you um, and for those you serve as well. Uh, so thank you very much for, for your time and attentiveness. It's been a beautiful gift to be here.
Father. Oh. Uh. <laughs> the work starts. Yeah. I just want to thank Jesse very much for coming out here and being with us for a great day and a half. And um, we just really appreciate it. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, can we just invite as we prepare to uh, leave Terra Santa? We go back to our parishes, our families, our ministries. We're just grateful for how the Lord has touched and moved our hearts, who has given us or refueled us and re-energized us, replenished us, given us new hope and new grace in many ways. So we just pray again for that outpouring of the abundance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We might remember our baptism and our confirmation praying fervently for the gifts of wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord. And we just open our hearts just a little bit so that the fruits of the Holy Spirit may be manifested daily in our lives and we might be aware of within us the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, to chastity, modesty, and Christ. We just ask Blessed Mother Mary just to intercede for us, to throw her mantle of protection over us, her, her yes, her fiat. For she leads us to Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. So we just pray, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you, God.